A little old lady was mutilated late last night. Yeah. That's my vocal warm up. It's 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 a pretty disturbing <laughs> way to warm up. Fitting perhaps for this show, but um You know where I got that from? Tony Martin. Apparently yeah. Tony Martin, uh best comedian ever in Australia, <laughs> who's actually from New Zealand. The best comedian you've never heard of. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. They were his vocal warm ups, and I actually find it does help uh exercise. You know my my sonic ability. Mm, you know, See, I sound like a professional now and a douchebag. You know what my vocal warm up is? What drinking? <laughs> I'll drink to that. Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode three of Game Life Balance Australia the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. I am your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by Australia's richest and most decadent billionaire, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. I made uh, billions. Billions. You know how I did it? How did you do it? Child labour. <laughs> this works. <laughs> you know, they have these great places called orphanages, yep. and if you adopt these kids, they pretty much work for free. It's amazing. <laughs> All you need to become a billionaire is an orphanage close by and a basement. You don't even need windows. It's fantastic. <laughs> Just scatter some seed down there every couple of hours. And, you know, they'll fight over it. And the strongest ch- children will, will well, yeah, I mean, survive. You know, basically, and, uh, uh, you know, their motto is there can be only one. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like Kitty Fight Club. Oh, man. That's, a, that's, that's how I made the rest of my billions. I just set up a webcam down there and... Charge, charge people fight money for it. Well, you know what they say: you've got to have child labour to make money. <laughs> that was, I That's know. that old that old hackneyed saying. <laughs> this, I think, I was originally going to do like a, a groundskeeper Willie quote about yep. like uh, making millions at the at the track uh, in software and losing it all at the track. Yeah, and then for whatever child labour popped into my head. Maybe it's the fact that uh, you know Apple and Sony and those guys are kind of in the. Oh yeah, no child labor. You in know, a bit of trouble recently about that sort of stuff. So that's that's you know, I mean, raw components. A lot of that is where it comes from. Yeah, you, you know, know, why can't I get in on that, Rob? Well, why can't I get some of those billions? I read about the this appalling news on my Apple iPhone, TM, <laughs> and I was like, this is shocking. I, I can't believe I'm disgusted by this. And then I went on my Sony PlayStation <laughs> and enjoyed some great quality games. No, <laughs> Sony. I like I like to think even though even though Steam is fully digital, they've got child labor somewhere, you know, somewhere along the line. I'm just hoping that they'll somehow send me free stuff. I love the Apple child labor. <laughs> it's a okay by me. <laughs> Game Life so, Balance endorses. No wait. <laughs> maybe maybe we can say Game Life Balance US endorses that. Give me a freaking give me a freaking <laughs> iPhone six Apple. What do I have to say? What do I have to say to get free crap? <laughs> We're not endorsing anything on this podcast. I didn't even endorse you on this podcast. <laughs> I didn't even endorse me on this podcast. You know how we did that episode a while back in the original run of the show about, um, you know, YouTube payola and all that sort of stuff? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, I- I'm thinking that I should uh, become the world's biggest hypocrite and totally sell out. Let's sell out the show 100%. This is, what I- this is-, this is my-, my new angle. Okay. Yep. So, right. who? But who? Who is the buyer? You got to think. Who would buy this? Um, Royal Crown Cola. 
Is that what RC stands for? Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yes, Royal Crab, because it's I, super, I thought it was like super classy. I thought it was like Radical Cool Cola or something. We <laughs> that were, was around in the 80s or That would 90s be better, one, yeah. actually. Radical Cool Cola. I, here's here's Pat- my new idea. Scrap that selling out thing. Patent pending. Radical Cool Cola. <laughs> we basically get a bunch of ditch water, <laughs> put sugar in it, <laughs> sit outside the front of your house with a cardboard box. Maybe a little bit like what Calvin did in yeah, Calvin yeah, and Hobbes. Yeah. A little bit. Well, just a little. Except we charge... $10 a glass. I'm pretty sure that's what he was charging. Damn it, okay. <laughs> I'm not original at all. All my ideas are stolen from comic books. I, I just like the Calvin one swift kick up the arse. $1. <laughs> Everyone needs what I'm selling. Alright, here's a better idea, okay? Yeah, okay. We sit out the front of your house yep. with a with a jug full of ditch water, yep. sign saying $10 a glass, yep. and when kids come up, we rob them. <laughs> I like this. All we need is a balaclava <laughs> and a scapegoat, which once again I'm suggesting will be the... Uh, the Game Life Balance US podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm Cody Goff. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Uncle Stabo Martin. And uh, we are endorsed by Apple, TM. And love child labor. And, we, we, and also robbing children. <laughs> and uh, yes. <laughs> Four minutes in and we're <laughs> off the rails. Off to a good start, buddy boy. Off the rails is, is, is our motto. In fact, I'm going to put that on the website now under the, under the, um, the title. Off like the rails. two crude dudes who love vid- video games. I no, think was I, I think one it, of the taglines. I think it says "honk if you're horny" right now. Honk <laughs> if you're horny. Um, we have a featured game, don't we? <laughs> Do we? Yeah, every episode we have a featured game, apparently, and uh, and this time we decided to feature a game that isn't a million years old and makes us look like old ancient men from the aged days of yore. Uh, I can't believe I finished that sentence. No, no, I somehow I, managed to. Get I there. wanted to see where you were going with that. <laughs> I was not going to jump in and save you. <laughs> <laughs> So Another t- regular feature on this show is me not saving you when you when you kind of go off on on some random English <laughs> tangent. <laughs> just let me just let me ramble on. Until, yeah, yeah. Just dig your own grave until I just give up. Um. So the Wii U is still a current gen console for a few weeks. <laughs> um. They just discontinued it. I do believe. Oh damn it. Um. Look. So okay. Fine. Another retro game for us. <laughs> This this is a we decided we had to do a game that was relatively modern to but, show that we're not just about the olden games. No, uh, no, we we do go back into the annals of history quite a little bit. Yeah, uh, and we do actually play some modern games as well. Believe mm-hmm. it or not. Believe it or not. Yes. So we are going to be doing um, Super Mario 3D World. This is basically the Wii U follow up. To the 3DS Super Mario 3D Land? Yeah, that's right. Uh, 3D Land came out in 2011, in uh, November. Yeah. And it was actually... It wasn't a simultaneous release, but it uh, it was all in November, which is kind of odd, but... Yeah, and then mm-hmm. uh, two years later, they released um, Super Mario 3D World in November too, so something about November. Yeah, I, it, was a, it was a really good game. Like, mm. the original um, 3DS uh, Super Mario Land version... Is one it was what the 3DS really needed at the time because mm. it was one of those games that the the 3D aspect actually helped you and didn't hinder you. Right, and you can turn the 3D up and down a little bit, but it yeah. it, it gave you a sense of perspective in mm. that space. And it was one of those games that I finished fairly quickly. I think it took me a week. Right, and they they have this brilliant thing where you can get a. Um, you know, they have all the different types of land, of course. You know, they have, uh, you know, uh, water land and desert land and, you yep. know, swamp land. All those Ice kind of things, land. yeah. And, you know, all of these are actually up quite high and in a 3D plane, so if you fall off. Mm-hmm. The great thing about it, though, is that it's not it's not open world 
I mean, none of the none of the Mario games are really open world, but it's mm. set in a three D space that is still actually quite confined to one path. Okay, or maybe one or two paths. Does it have an over map where you can move around like Mario Three, that sort of not, thing? Or... Not quite. It does kind of, but you kind of move level to level to level. Um, okay, so it's fairly linear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fairly linear. One of the great things about this game is that uh, if if the level is too hard for you, it will give you like a magic uh, the raccoon the magic raccoon, which will uh, the leaf, which turns you into the raccoon, yeah. which will allow you to keep flying over obstacles, I right. do believe. So, you know, if you miss a jump or something, you can kind of keep twittering along mm-hmm. to make the jumps. Uh, I didn't, I really don't like using those, but it's good that they're there mm. if you're not, uh, you know, so proficient. And with my eyesight the way it is, mm. and with the, the 3D always looks a little off to me. I don't think it is, but my perspective of the of like the 3D nature of this world always looks like, oh, I'm above this platform mm. I need to jump on. And then I'm turns out I'm a little bit to the left. Yeah. That is a, it's a night, the nightmare a little, of 3D platforming, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, can be a little bit of a problem. Yeah. However, after you finish the main game, which, you know, has its tricky parts, but isn't too hard. Basically, it opens up... Um, a much harder difficulty level. Like right, okay. the next world is, ba- you already played half the game. You finished it, mm. but then there's all these other more tricky, more insidious levels kind right. of underneath that. I think go for hmm. almost as long as the uh, as the main game, and okay. they're much more challenging and much more fun as well. And I don't think I've even finished those yet. Right. Okay. Cool. So a bit of replay value there then. Yeah. Quite. Quite much so. That was. And this is 3D Land. This is 3D this Land, is... and of course that's a reference to the original Super Mario Land for the original Game Boy. Yeah. One of the release titles on that. So and that was a good game actually. Yeah. That was a really good game. We may cover good... that in another episode. Yeah. It's uh, it's quite a departure, <clears throat> of course, from um, from the uh, NES games at mm. the time. Uh, but 3D World, you and I have played the overwhelming majority of this game. Yeah, you know, it's it's so ironic. We haven't actually beaten this game, but we're really <laughs> annoyingly close to doing so. And we just haven't had the time to sit down and just... Uh, are we like on the last level or like the second last level? Or we're, we're on the second like last world. We're on World yeah. 7 and you just know. You just know there's going to be a World 8 because it's Mario. And there's always eight worlds. Yeah. And yeah. We're, we're at a massive castle now. And, um, mm. you know, there's there's fire and brimstone everywhere and... You just you just know that we're gonna beat Cooper and go. Oh wow, that was a little too easy. And then something will happen, and there will be another world. And yeah, yeah, it'll keep going. Because if there aren't eight levels or eight worlds in a Mario game, then the the uh, the universe collapses in on itself. And... Oh yeah, you know that's the singularity right there. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have had a lot of fun with this game. Yeah, and the great thing is that you can have up to four people on the screen at the same time. Although that is absolute. Pandemonium. Uh, yeah, pandemonium is the right word. I was yeah. going to actually swear there, but I didn't. Because the thing about this game and sort of the recent Mario games in general is that it allows you to interact with your partner in ways that can help or more often hinder their progress. So let me say, I'm not going to say that it's friendly fire, but it is actually friendly fire because all mm. my mates are. Not nice people. Almost swore again there, but didn't. Look, if you... <laughs> I don't know how to call someone a not nice person See, without swearing. I like to think that in real life, I'm a pretty averagely nice kind of person. Like, not particularly nice, but not a, not a bad human being by any stretch. So, so but you... when I play Super Mario 3D World with Andrew, I become the most, like, just diabolical... You're a prick. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's just, let's and just come out and say, it. you're a prick in that game. I delight in hurling his character off any ledge that I can find. And of course, that starts something. Because as soon as you do it once, and you go, oh, it was an accident. <laughs> and then you try and do it back. And then it's yeah. just like this, this unending cycle of revenge. It's actually rather amusing. I was looking at the Wikipedia article for this game uh, a few days ago. And it describes the mechanic of being able to pick up the other player mm-hmm. and carry them as... Uh, a means by which you can help them get through the level. <laughs> help them get through difficult parts of the stage, is I think what it says in the Wikipedia article. Yeah, so if, if which you're... is funny, because that's not what I thought that mechanic was about at all. <laughs> I suppose uh, if you're playing, like, if, if you're, like, say, a dad, mm, and you're playing with your daughter yes. who's not very good at games, you can pick yep. them up and help them through. Yep. But I cannot see under any other circumstance where you would help someone. Because it's 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 an endless source of hilarity. To pick up your friend and throw them off the edge of a cliff over and over again. To, to the detriment, it must be added, of your progress. Because you share lives in this game, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you, you have your own life counter, but... Mm. And uh, after you're dead, you are out of it. But after the other guy's dead, you're out of it as well. And then when you come back, you have five lives. Yeah. So, you can... Um, so, there are four characters. There mm-hmm. is, of course, Mario. Of course, yeah. There is... Uh, Luigi, they really should have kept him. I really hate Luigi. You got to have Luigi. It's it's you know you got to have a loser. No one likes. There's got to be one flaw in every masterpiece. Every group has a loser. Yep. And in this group, it's it's Luigi. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sorry, Luigi. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) I just realised that there's no other losers in our group, so it must be me. Damn it. Uh, yeah, so there's... And there's, there's also Toad, Toad, of course. Yep. And my favourite, and everyone's favourite, because she can float, is Mm -hmm. Princess Peach. Yeah, and I think. They did something interesting with this game. Um, I was reading a bit about the um, the development of the game, and initially they didn't include Peach in the game. Some bright spark at Nintendo decided, look, we really should include Peach um, for a number of reasons, um, but I think primarily because they needed a bit of a feminine femininity in the game, you know, to give the people a bit of choice. Um, and that sparked off this idea of giving the characters that you could choose from different abilities similar to Super Mario 2 or hmm. what we call Super Mario 2 in Doki Doki Panic yeah yeah um, because in that game the characters had different abilities so Mario was kind of the all-rounder Luigi could jump a little higher mm-hmm. is that right uh, Toad moved quicker and Peach could float yeah now I'm always Peach because mm. because of the way that I judge 3D worlds even with my glasses on mm. The perspective seems a little off to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll always jump a little bit to the left for whatever reason. And I always try and compensate and then it means I'm, I'm jumping a little bit more to the right. And it, it confuses my brain. So having I, that, yeah. My eyes don't like being tricked in a way. Yeah. And so like whenever I watch a, an actual 3D movie, mm. it hurts. And the 3D in 3D land is actually really good, but it hurts my eyes after a while. Yeah. But 3D world is good because there's no actual, you know... It's 3D. 3D yeah. It's, the 3D is all internal. It doesn't project yeah. a 3D externally onto my eyes, which is good because it doesn't hurt my eyes, but it's bad because I, I will continually misjudge slightly to the left of where I am. And that's why having Peach's floating ability is, is very helpful. It comes in handy. Yeah. And she's slow, though, because... Yes, there is a trade-off. You don't just get floating ability and, and no and no detriment. Yeah. Uh, she, she actually... I think she hitches up her skirt a little as she runs, which is actually quite <laughs> annoying. Yeah. So, I it's mean... like, wear shorts, damn it. Which, which exacerbates the issue because I, I like playing with a Toad who, who you have to trade off. His jumping height is quite poor, mm. but he runs really, really fast. So and he's quite strong. Like he will pick anything up really quickly. Yeah. In other words, he picks up Peach 
And you know, mm. you are meant to be my loyal subject, and you keep throwing <laughs> me off the out- goddamn edge of the building. Yeah. I think Toad had been reading some uh, leftist literature, and uh, <laughs> you know, the overthrow of the um, of the bourgeoisie really appealed to him, and he decided that it's time to it's time to teach. Princess Peach, what it means when you um, oppress the underclass and... Uh, is he a Marxist? He sounds like a Marxist. I, what I'm saying is that he is a subversive Marxist, uh, Leninist, <laughs> uh, general general no-goodnik. <laughs> yeah, and he's all about... And basically, once he's, once he's I'm done... I'm pretty sure I've heard him use the word proletariat at least yeah. once before. Once he's done Princess Peach in, he's basically going to like equitably distribute the fire flowers amongst all the different... Uh, <laughs> let's, let's give everyone the power of comrades. <laughs> and yeah, basically. And then... And then, and then the world burns but <laughs> where were we oh yes we were talking about Mario 3D World that's right uh, yes yeah, so this game is obviously it's a 3D platformer and that genre has um, has been the subject of a lot of I would say pretty fair criticism over the years for not being particularly fun but in my view this is the best 3D platformer, the most fun 3D platformer I've ever played. I don't know about you. If you, if you I think of... it is my favourite. Yeah. I think it's the same as uh, Mario 3D Land in the fact that it it is 3D, but it's linear in the fact yeah. that you've only got one or two paths to go on. Yep. And even then, at some point, like I think in one point of the game, it even plays with the fact that you can only see their shadow. Yeah. And then you see shadows of enemy, and you, and it's basically kind of like a 2D platformer yes. in, in parts of the game. Yes. I think it shows that people had examined the 3D platformer, taking some time to think, well, what went wrong? What what was it about Croc that people didn't like? You know, and and I decided that it was that having the ability to really roam around like at will is detrimental to platforming in general. And what I needed to do was kind of give you a feeling that you can roam around a little bit, but really channel you down a pretty linear path and and that actually really helps to keep the platforming fun. And, uh, you know, you're jumping around and jumping on things and jumping on enemies' heads and you're not missing things as much as you, as you would in, say, um, Mario 64 or those other games that... And, I, I, you, know, you, just, I, you know, you said, you know, what's wrong with Croc? And I've, um, I, I've got, <laughs> I thought you'd never ask, you know, what is wrong with Croc? My 212 <laughs> reasons why Croc is actually a terrible PS1 game. When I... Anyway, problem... <laughs> when I think of bad 3D platformers, Croc comes immediately to mind. But, there, I mean, there are a lot of others. Uh, probably a lot of worse than Croc, actually. It's I, just, and you've yeah. got to understand that I don't even like, and people hate me for this, but I mm. don't actually like Mario 64 that much. I respect the game, but mm. I don't have fun with it. Yeah, and this this seems like what Mario 64 should have been, or what, you know, like they've learned lessons from that game. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think people will always have a soft spot, and I think they did 3D... Like, Mario 64 was done to the best of its ability at the time. And it was an amazing game at the time. Yeah. It was very impressive at the time. At the time, you thought, wow, what an amazing bot. <laughs> it's like it's almost like that the Mario universe is a real place that I can explore at the time. Um, <laughs> They're going to hate you too, you know. Yeah, look, I, bring it, man. I mean, I've already angered all the Shenmue fans, and I've already <laughs> angered all the Sonic fans, and, you know, why not? Let's just get let's get the world angry at me. Yeah, at least uh, people might listen to us then. Yeah, if anyone actually paid attention to my Twitter feed, I'd have a lot of haters, but no one does. <laughs> Most so of them are me, but I fly under the radar of, of internet rage. But uh, yeah, so I think anyway. What so, were you saying? So 3D World, <clears throat> um, it is quite linear, but mm. in a in a in a 3D sort of plane. Which I think is really clever. Mm. Um, there are lots of bonus things you can do. You can explore the land. And you have to get coins, of course, before you can do certain things. And mm. one of the ways you can get coins is by doing a toad bonus level. That's right. Yes. Now, this is interesting because there are these little 
uh, Toad, and I've talked about Toad's Treasure Tracker, which is a spin-off of Mario 3D World. Which is basically just this mini-game, but it's the whole game. you control Toad, he mm. can't jump, and you spin around like basically a cube cubic you're like rotating the level yeah almost. and then yeah. you know so you can see everything and those games are quite fun and, and of course they they spun off a game from that mm. uh and those games are fun and it's how you earn extra points and uh earn extra coins and there are there are a lot of different things that they try and do with the format mm. in that game you know there are there are levels where they've got uh, you it's basically almost like a roller coaster where you can control Mm. Uh, the characters as they like run rampant through a level and they've, they've got like um, speed tracks underneath them almost like F-Zero and it makes them go faster yeah, yeah. and you kind of got to jump at the right time and go left or slightly right but you know if you go too far off of course you'll miss the track and it's like a runner game but good that's what I would say <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah it's quite fun and they, they do so much with the format and uh, I just really respect when they try and change things up. It's not just the same thing level after level after level. Yeah, which was the criticism with the um, the new Super Mario Brothers games that they, they, they were kind of they're like fun, they're fun, fun but but it just it's just a bit samey. Yeah. Um, and not really adding anything to the old games particularly. It's just more of that, and we, which is fine. And I enjoyed them, but um, 3D World does more with um, the Mario franchise than 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 has happened for a, a while. I mean, when we're talking about sort of mainline Mario games, like the main sort of canon Mario games, not the spin-off stuff. I'm not counting Mario Party or Mario Kart. Mm. But um, yeah, I think 3D World is, is my, my favourite Mario game of recent years. Yeah, and, certainly uh, of recent years. And maybe it's, it's definitely up there of all time, I think. Now, um, there are costumes you can get as well. And yes. of course, Japan being Japan... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can now get a cat costume. Yay, Neko costume. Uh, Yay. That means that that ability is that you can actually claw your way up the side of certain walls. Not all walls, because some are slippery. Or It's actually a pretty cool ability, yeah. It yeah. is actually quite fun. Mm. Uh, it, it is quite helpful. Uh, and I don't know, like the whole, the whole game just has kind of a new sheen to it a new feel it feels revitalized it feels vibrant again in mm. a way that the mario games haven't felt for a while you know um and uh yeah just just all around if you're into mario games if you if you just like video game ass video games like if you're not some grizzled pc gamer who just wants to play like really detailed complex strategy games like me um <laughs> all right so so that comes to the question yeah. i think you were about to answer yes it i'm about to but let's let's formally ask let's, let's formally ask should now considering that this is on the Wii U, where mm-hmm. it yes. only ten million units worldwide, not a lot, not a lot of Wii U's out there. But yes. should people play Super Mario 3D World? Right. Well, look, let's not talk about whether this is a system seller or not. Okay. But if you own a Wii U mm-hmm. and you haven't played this game, what is wrong with you? <laughs> go and buy it right now. Go out, <laughs> just go and get it. Yeah. Go to your local, I don't know, Best Buy or whatever you have in America, or um, Game if you're in the UK, or uh, go to Anywhere other than EB, if you're in Australia, yeah, and, anywhere other than it, do not go to EB uh, and and get this game because it is it is fantastic and you will you will definitely not regret buying that game. Now, if if you don't own a Wii U, should you shell out for a Wii U just to play this game? Maybe, maybe there are a lot of other good games on the Wii U as well. It's kind of a console that's had a 
you know, bad rap. It's had a difficult lifespan. Yeah. I think, now, the Wii U, they've mentioned, as we've hinted at before, they're, they're yep. going to cease production next year. And that's yeah. just a rumour, but it seems to be all but confirmed by this point. It seems the NX, the um, the successor to the Wii U, is, is pretty much on the horizon right now. And, um, you know, they've probably got a warehouse full of these things which they haven't shifted yet, so they're not going to disappear anytime soon. You might see a price drop down the track as well. And so. at the end of the Wii U's lifespan, I think it's going to have a good enough library, if only for first-party Nintendo games. Games, that it's probably worth picking one up if the system itself gets cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, and, and you know, the virtual console is really good as well. Unfortunately, uh, Nintendo first-party games don't come down in price that much, even second-hand. Yeah, they, they tend to be uh, pretty static. You know, it'll come out at, uh, you know, $60 and stay at $60. Yeah, or, you know, $50 or, you know, mm. $40 maybe you might get down. Yeah. But, look, I think if you have a Wii U, it is definitely worth playing. Yeah. If you have a friend who has a Wii U, then go play it with them because yeah, it is fun. It's a lot better with multiplayer. Yeah, it so, is. I think, you know, this will go down in history as one of the best games on the Wii U. I think so. I mean, and, there are uh, a lot of games on the Wii a good, A lot of good games on the Wii U, mm. but only first-party games for the most part. Yeah, so it will be remembered fondly. Mm. And for that reason, I think it's worthy of mention on our illustrious podcast. Yep, so we did... I'm, I'm going to classify this as a modern game, despite the fact that it has Super Mario in the title, and it's on a dying <laughs> system. It's a modern game, damn it. This is as close as we can get. But uh, yeah, right, well, let's move on to uh, some game life balancing. So Rob, you have had a lot going on in your life recently mm. But first, I believe you have a correction for the dear listeners at home Yeah, so uh, you may recall last episode I said words to the effect By the time you hear this, I will be in my new house Yes, yes, I heard that I remember hearing that You said that so, out of your mouth Yeah, I, I counted chickens before they were hatched And the chickens didn't hatch And I cried um, So what happened was basically Big man tears so no one actually told me this, and I wish they had, but what I've now learned is that a lot of property settlements don't actually go ahead on the day that they're planned to go ahead on. Uh, oh, I could have told you that. And, yes, <laughs> apparently everyone could have told me that. My lawyer could have told me that, who I paid a princely sum for. But um, yes, everyone has led, led me to believe that when you say, let's settle on X day, that the settlement happens on that day. And what happened was, uh, let me boil this down for the sake of brevity, the solicitor of the other party in the transaction did not act in a timely manner and um, didn't submit the documents, uh, I think the title documents, to the bank until um, the day before settlement was supposed to happen. Oh. Um, and they had to be couriered up to Sydney. The bank had to process them. I don't know, consider them, um, send them around the world and back again. Whatever banks have to do. So it actually took another week, precisely a, an extra week um, before settlement could uh, occur. So I only I only moved into my new house uh, a couple of days ago. I mean, uh, we're recording this on on the weekend, and we moved in on. Uh, the Thursday. So basically so, it was a week after you were meant to move in. Yeah, exactly a week, which was infuriating and upsetting, stressful, but also... Um, I didn't talk to you for a week there, basically. Yeah, I, I saw what was going on there and I just went, <laughs> I am going to stay a little bit farther away from Rob. When I... Look, I, I'm a fairly optimistic and, and positive person. but Annoyingly when, so, yes. Yeah, irritatingly positive. Um, but when things go south for me, I tend to sort of just... Uh, 
be very, I internalize things and and sort of shut things and shut down a bit. Rather than spread negativity around, I just tend to just just go inwards and just deal with things and and try and try my best to um, to overcome frustration. And you know, at the end of the day, it, I mean, it was just a week. It wasn't like the end of the world or anything. No, but at the time, it seems like so much longer. Basically, yeah. um, dear listeners, on the train or on the bus or at home, because mm-hmm. you know you could be anywhere. You could be on the job listening to this. Yeah, Rob is Ned Flanders. <laughs> Rob is like diddly doodly, uh, you know everything's fine and diddly dandy, and then <laughs> and then this thing happened. Yeah, and the only way I saw him actually vent his frustration was over Twitter. Yeah, and when Rob does that, I know maybe I should just take a couple of steps back here and let <laughs> Rob do his thing. I actually ended up deleting a lot of tweets. I um, didn't like you because mm. you know if if you're like faux upset with something, like mm. I will usually bait you because it's funny. When yeah. you're actually upset and I know you're upset, I will not bait you on that. <laughs> I would actually kind of take a step back before you stab me. I think this is one of those truths in life is that if you know someone who's generally very merry and upbeat, um, when they're upset, they're like murderous and dangerous and like and and psychopathic. I might run you down in my car. Yeah, because I, I think it's one of those truths is that that um, when people are um, like happy-go-lucky sort of people, if you flip that switch, it's ugly, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I was not a happy chappy for a while there, but we, we did move in finally uh, a couple got, of days ago. You got the house you wanted? Yeah. You are literally uh, a three-minute drive from us now, yeah. which is very scary. Terrifying. I left I left um, 15 minutes before I needed to be here and arrived in five minutes' time. And um, yeah, that was that was revel- revelatory, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, oh god, we really are close together now. I didn't plan it this way, but uh... so, so for the listeners at home, mm. um, I keep I keep addressing our listeners, at home, but mm. just a bit of history here for you. Yeah, Rob and I met when we were in primary school. Yeah, kind of right. much like um, Cody and Uncle Stabber yes, Martin did. Eerily I don't think familiar. he was an uncle back then, though. No, he wasn't yet. No, uh, and we lived literally about five blocks away from each other, walking distance. There was a park quite close to both our houses where we used to hang out yeah i could ride my bike up to ac's no yeah. problem um and we would hang out um pretty pretty much every yeah. weekend we, we went to primary school together we met yeah. in year three and we've known each other since then and we've done a lot not all but a lot of our schooling career together yeah i think we went to different high schools but that was it yeah but Basically, year 11 and 12 we were together yeah high school we did uh, sorry uh university we did very similar degrees yes Yes, overlapping subjects. Mm, so um, now that the fact that you are so close once again is just kind of scary, and I'm guessing yeah. on some level you really hate that. I think on some cosmic level we're kind of bound together. Like maybe I like did something in my past life or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you used to be my wife or something, in like hundred years ago. Or I don't, I don't know what it is, but. We, we seem to be kind of inseparable. Yeah. Um, we know, did try. We yes, have tried separating. You moved about as far away from me as you could for many, many years. And then I was brought back. Yeah, I think I think the universe decided that enough's enough. You need to get back into this person's life and uh, put up with him. For and you know, it's, it's so weird because I moved back and like you were the, you were the one of the people. I, hadn't, I didn't speak to a lot when you were over in... When I was over in Japan. Yeah. We had like basic levels of contact mm. and i would i would visit and you would be like working as a as a, a um cashier chick at uh yeah during the dark checkout chick at the dark Woolworths. phase of my life where i worked <laughs> at a supermarket for five years and i would just kind of randomly turn up and go hey rob and you'd go oh wow it's you hey and i'm going oh god what is yep. this place has sucked the life out of him yeah I, I, I was as you can imagine working in a supermarket for five years is not the best for your self-esteem or general uh happiness but uh 
Yeah. And we... Then, then we started working together again on a whole bunch of weird projects, and here we are. Yeah. So, yes, we're back living within a stone's throw of each other. I mean, if you were very strong, you could probably throw a stone and hit... Trebuchet, yeah. yeah. Yes, you, you would need some I'll kind of <laughs> medieval weaponry. Don't, please don't build a trebuchet. <laughs> that would not be good. Uh, don't, don't fling corpses at me, for God's sake. <laughs> That's the worst thing that you can do in, middle, in the Middle Ages, was, was throw a, a dead body at someone. But uh, a, a, a plague-ridden dead body. Yeah. Well, actually, there's a lot of bad things that happen in the Middle Ages. <laughs> That's just one of them, but... Uh, Yes, yeah, so what were we talking about at my house? Yes, yeah, so I moved in the other day. Uh, we're still unpacking stuff, uh, which is... It's never that much fun, but but I take solace in the fact that I'm not renting anymore. I own this place. So we're not going to move for a uh, time that can be measured in years rather than months, which is wonderful. So uh, I, I, I sort of just think, you know, this is annoying, but once this is done... I never have to do this again for a very long time, um, so that that's good. So uh, you're actually going to set up and make it make it feel about as much as a home as you possibly can. Yeah, well, our goal is to stay here for a while. Uh, our little daughter needs a bit of stability in her life, we think, and um, her her nursery. We put her in the nursery, uh, which is great. I'm getting much more sleep now that she's not sleeping in the same room as me. Um, that room is. Huge for a five-month-old baby, but I think by the time she's twelve or thirteen years old, it will start to feel rather rather pokey. Um, she'll she'll have mag, you know, like cutouts of magazines of non-threatening boys all over the wall. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some sort of Justin Bieber 2026 equivalent on the, on the walls and um, <laughs> Justin Bieber 2026. Yeah, he's not gonna he's cyber not gonna Bieber live that long. Cyber Bieber, cyber Bieber, Mecca Bieber. <laughs> um, yeah, it's basically just Justin Bieber's head on a robot body, but. Uh, yeah, look, um, so we will probably have to move eventually, but for the time being, it's, it's, a, it's a little three-bedroom place. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice. We're really happy with it. I did have a slight concern when we first moved in. I'll just mention briefly that um, we had some stinky drains, stinky pipes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that seems to have cleared up, and I think it was stagnant water in like yeah. the spend or if, something like if that. If you run the water for a while, yeah. it, it usually gets it away. And even if it doesn't, it's not that hard of a thing to take care of. Yeah, it's so not the worst thing in the world. I went yeah. and bought a bunch of bicarb soda and vinegar to like take care of it, but um, we, I didn't need to because it just sort of took care of itself mm. after, a, after a day. And um, So that's great. That was the only issue I had with the place. There's a few minor defects, and this is what happens. When you buy a place, you notice... The minor issues way more, and you take them to heart way more. I don't know if you if you sort of know well, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I do. Like I've I've lived in about sixteen places in my life. I think I've mm. moved a lot, so mm. I, I know what you mean. But uh, we we bought our house brand new, and even then there were there mm. were slight issues. The the great thing about be, uh, having a place, buying a place that's brand new, is that everything is under warranty for the first three months that you live in the house. Okay. And like we actually had to get the electrician out several times, and he was going, "Oh, you've been here more than three months." And I was going, "No, we haven't. We mm. moved in on this date. Please fix this problem." Yeah, he was yeah. a little salty about that, but he he fixed the problem. Okay, cool. Um, and it was it was a problem I could have fixed, except I probably would have electrocuted myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a good idea. Well, I, I neither here nor there for me these days. You're not a stranger <laughs> to being electrocuted. I am really not. I, <laughs> I do not fear electrocutions anymore. I find uh, them insanely annoying, but I do not fear them. How funny. You just shake it off and get back on the horse. Mm. It's uh, Yeah, look, so far we haven't had to call anyone out. But um, like the only other issue other than the sneaky pipes was there's a, there's a, there's a handle on one of the cupboards in the, um, in the kitchen that, yeah. that I only realised like the screw is kind of snapped off. So like part of the screw is in the top part of the handle, so it's a bit loose. We're going to have to get that. 
I can probably do that. I, I can like, probably fix that for you. I think you, I actually. use like a super powerful magnet to suck the broken off bit of the. I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I want to borrow your super powerful magnet. Not only for fixing things, but also for its general fun. You know, um, just, just put a whole bunch of lead filings in your baby's diaper and then just like have the... <laughs> let's, just, let's do that, man. When Megan's out, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she, she, doesn't, she does not she listen to She listens this. to this now. She so does I, not listen to us. I have to be really careful with what I say. Okay. She, she didn't like my let, let my daughter play whatever game she wants. <laughs> I remember that. Rhetoric. Was, Last I was time around, listening to that, thinking uh, she gonna like because my wife uh, Maria mm. does not listen to us because nine times out of ten she's in the same room listening to us. <laughs> she's literally the audience to the show, so you will occasionally yeah. hear a huh at the at the back. That is my <laughs> wife, like actually laughing at something we had to say. Yeah, gosh. But so you've, yeah, you've actually yeah. been playing a game as well. Yeah, God, in the middle of all this pandemonium, I have no idea how you did this. I'm pandemonium seems to be my favorite word right now, but it, yes, in the word. midst of all this pandemonium, I have been playing a game, uh, and it is probably the most rob game ever is this one of these games that's been in development since the 90s or something stupid like that it's look this is like you know you listeners of the show who've been with us for a while will know that i am into obscure pc games of the weirder ilk dwarf um, fortress yeah and uh yes so that if you know what dwarf fortress is this gives you an understanding of the kind of guy that i am and my gaming tastes i've been playing a game called Unreal World. Uh, this is a game developed by a gentleman in Finland, pretty much by himself. I think his name is Sammy. I can't remember his surname right now, but uh, you can look it up. He's been working on this game on and off since 1992, I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I was right. It's a, it's a Rob game from being in development it's, since the 90s. It's a Rob game. <laughs> and, um, and it is a roguelike game. And um, I will say the term roguelike gets bandied around a lot, and it's often used very casually about games that have things like permadeath or procedurally generated levels in them. And um, look, that's fine if you want to use the term in that way, but this is a real proper roguelike in the sense that it's uh, top-down, tile-based. You move your character around using the numpad. Uh, It's a role-playing game. Uh, But it's got some really interesting features. I'd love to talk about this for a little bit because... I want to sell people on this game if I can, <laughs> or at least give you an insight into my depravity. So, did you buy this game, or was no, it free? No, it's or? free. It's you can download this game uh, f- absolutely for zero cost, other than perhaps your sanity and your time learning to play this game. But I, th- I think to people who haven't played complex roguelike games like Dwarf Fortress before, this game will seem extremely intimidating and difficult to learn how to play because it is a game that uses a lot of keyboard commands. Um, Like you hit uh, different, you know, keyboard keys to to do things that uh, start with the letter of the key. So E for I hate this game already. S for sleep, that sort of thing. (laughs) Um, So as I said, top-down, tile-based game. Uh, You roam around the wilderness. And it's basically a survival game. Like if you've played games or if you've seen games like um, Ark or um, Rust... Or uh, to some extent, Minecraft. It's one of those kind of games where okay, you, so, so you just survive e- in the wilderness. Explain the aesthetic to me. Is it a top down? Is it like a, yeah, a two point five? No, no, D it's, it's it's absolutely top down. Uh-huh. It's a little better than Dwarf Fortress or Moria in the sense that uh, instead of having ASCII characters as the graphics, it actually has tiles with okay. graphics. So it's got like a two D sprites. Okay, that's good. But it is a tile based game. Um, 
What makes this game unique is that it's not set in a fantasy setting. It's set in late Iron Age Finland. Okay, that's um, uh, that's quite a setting. Yeah, it, it, tell me, tell you very what, specific. I've been learning a lot about Finland recently. So, uh, isn't that where Lapland is? Yes, in Which fact, is- I'm playing as a character from a Lapland tribe. Oh. Uh, so, the I should mention that, that Lapland and Lap is apparently considered to be slightly like uh, derogatory. So, the 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 right term is um, I think Sami, like the Sami people. Okay. Um, so, but for the sake of example, we'll, we'll say Lapland because we don't, it's, we don't want to it's, insult our Finnish it's, Im- it's immediately recognizable to most people. Oh, Lapland, right? That's yeah. those people with the reindeers and so forth. Mm. So, yeah, it's set in Finland in the Middle Ages, the early Middle Ages. Um, and you can choose from a bunch of different tribes to play as, and they're all pagan because at this time Christianity hadn't reached to this very like you know distant part of Europe. Uh, you can play as the, the southern tribes. The southern area of Finland are kind of more civilized, and they have uh, like metal weapons and metal tools and things like that. And uh, that would probably make the game a lot easier. I chose to play as uh, a member of the Seal Tribe. Seal Tribe represent, and um, <laughs> they are straight up Sami people. Uh, and your the technology is quite basic, um, and. There's a few different starting scenarios you can pick as, um, ranging from things like being alone in the woods, being on a hunting expedition. I chose one where you start near uh, a campsite with a few basic things set up for you, which is pretty much the right thing to do if, you're, if you've never played the game before, because it gives you a shelter to sleep in and some wood to sort of make fires from and stuff like that. Uh, and I've been basically chilling in the woods in far north Finland for the last week, fishing and 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 living off a diet mainly of fish uh traveling back and forth from my little campsite to the the shore the northern shore of finland and doing some ice fishing digging you basically dig a hole in the ice and fish whatever you catch you cook on the fire and eat and uh yeah i've been living this very isolated sort of hermit-like existence in finland for the last week which has been really fascinating it almost sounds like a holiday it's a 2d uh, like a top-down Early, early sprite holiday. It's a really fun game in a really weird way. Because have you met other people? Like, uh, so is it online? Like, is no, it... no, it is. It is a single player game. Okay, there are other people. Uh-huh. Uh So it took. So it was. A, it was about a few weeks of in-game time before I saw another person. I saw this sprite of a of a person wandering uh, in instead of the uh, the travel map, which is like the zoomed out map, which you use to travel long distances. I saw this person in the distance, and I was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> that they might try and kill me, but I just let them go by, and then and you didn't kill them first. No, I'm actually a real coward. So if there's a bear <laughs> or a human or something that I can see in the distance, I tend to sort of just wait for them to go away or like skirt around them, because my character is not particularly well equipped for combat. Um, I have carved some basic javelins, crude javelins, out of trees, and I I try and throw them at animals when I find. I, I've got to got to be ready for those Olympics. I should say the only animal I've managed to kill with my javelins has been a squirrel. <laughs> I and, bet it was delicious. And the only way, I, the only reason I managed to kill it was because it ran up a tree, and I just stood underneath the tree for probably about two hours in game time, throwing javelins at it until I finally got it. Oh no! Um, so I'm not the best hunter. But then I, I found that there was a village nearby uh, recently, which is great because I'm like, oh, thank goodness! So I've, I went there and I've traded like the fish I've been catching for um, a rope, which was great because I used the rope to make a stone axe. Now I can chop down trees a lot quicker and. 
It's a very weird game. It sounds like a, a fun game for certain types of people. Who would you yeah. recommend this game for? God, look, if you're into roguelikes, then check it out. Yeah, if you if you're the kind of if you like me, I guess, and you've been playing roguelikes since you were um a little kid, then yeah, definitely worth checking out. If you play Dwarf Fortress, check it out. It's actually a lot a lot more approachable than Dwarf Fortress. So which can you re- isn't saying much, but um <laughs> Can yeah. you reset easily enough? Uh, like, look, uh, it's 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 actually one of those games where um, you can't start when you start a character. That's yep. it, that's it. That's it. You can't start a new character until that character's dead. Okay. Um, uh, and it doesn't let you save, and it doesn't let you save scum. So uh, you know the only way when you say when you quit the game you save, and when you load the game up it's where you finish. So it can be quite punishing. And I think if I took on a bear and died, then you know it wouldn't it wouldn't go well for me. I wouldn't be able to sort of you know reload and and try to you know redo that scenario so have you gotten attached to this character has it gone long long enough that you can't yeah in a weird way i kind of love my like weird like fisherman guy who's <laughs> out there throwing badly made javelins at squirrels and <laughs> stuff and uh, scourge to squirrel kind it's very like tranquil like just mm. chilling in the woods building fires and like you know just trying to make a subsistence. Uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. So I've been talking a lot about this game, but do check it out. Unreal World. Is it popular? Like, is it getting a lot of... Is it getting the kudos it deserves? The press has been covering it a bit. That's good. Mainly because of... It's just a... It's a very noteworthy thing to see a game that's been in development for 20 years finally yeah. released. There, it has this cool aspect where you can do... Um, it's got superstition in the game, and you need to do rituals. Like, um, when you enter a new area... You're supposed to do a ritual to like make the spirits in the area happy. Right. If you can, you, when you like catch things, you can sacrifice them to appease the spirits. And like, oh, I don't know, squirrels. Yeah, and the <laughs> game says that it gives hints that if you don't do things like that, then the spirits will be angry at you and bad things will happen. So it's maybe quite superstitious. So I, I'll often like do rituals when I enter a new area, or like if you know, if I ever manage to kill a, like an animal that's like you know more than a squirrel i'll probably do a ritual to give thanks to the spirits uh, so yeah it's definitely got cool. some unique cool things about it uh but uh yeah it's very weird very weird game <laughs> i don't think i can recommend it really unless you're uh, my kind of person so if you're rob or you are a person like rob play like this game jonathan martin perhaps but uh, i don't know if he'd begin to it either actually it's very right. weird try uncle stabbo you try that and you get back to it check it out i guess maybe uh so yeah that's that's been me i've been kind of sorry hogging the mic for a bit what have you been up to recently Izzy? i've been busy i've um i think i think the most noteworthy thing i've done of late was guest star on the uh Capmax Hypecast. Ah, yes, the old Hypecast. Yeah, so Hypecast is a... Um, let's just say it's a long-form podcast <laughs> yes. done by our, our good friend Steve. Yes. Steve runs a channel which is has always been much more popular than ours on YouTube called Capmax Gaming. Capmax, check it out. Like, follow, and subscribe. Yeah, uh, Steve has been a big supporter of ours straight from the start, basically. Like, he, he yeah. saw a lot of our early videos and he just said, these guys are good. And he's always been one of those people who, who've said to us, I can't believe you guys don't get more likes and more follows and stuff like that. And it's like, mm. well, we don't advertise ourselves. Steve has probably done more advertising for us than we have. Yeah. Yeah, He's. He, I think what you can say about Steve is he is a friend of startups of youtube startups yeah. and people who are trying to make content and be creative and he's very encouraging and supportive and a really nice guy and actually very similar to you in the sense that he is a borderline hoarder <laughs> and uh, he is um, see steve has gone a step further than i have yeah. and, like, steve and i have a lot of steve's canadian so he's a much nicer and more pleasant person than i am <laughs> yes he's much less abrasive uh, uh yeah but he he's gone he's made the leap from uh, like basically retro games and now he's like 
collecting like uh, cassette tapes of old soundtracks and like GoBots uh, and, toys, and, yeah, and toys, stuff like that, like GoBots and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, and we did the the uh, the hypecast episode sixteen. Uh, yeah. So look up Cap Cap Max hypecast. Yeah, you can find it on Podomatic. Um, are they on iTunes? I don't know, but you can find it. You can find it pretty easily. I think he, I think you would be. He's yeah. um. We did this with uh, two other guest stars, uh, Gaming Pilgrim and Yoshi Knuckles. Yeah. Uh, and basically, it was an episode about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, you touched on some other stuff, but I, I listened did. to about half of the show, and it's pretty much an Evangelion cast. Uh, and that's what it was meant to be. Mm. Now, Rob has said, like, you know, basically half. i got to tell you right now, mm. it goes for four hours. <laughs> and that is the edited version. This is like real Laurence Olivier, like, epic film sort of stuff isn't it you we know? do talk about games yeah we talk and and when i say we talk about evangelion we go deep we mm. we dive pretty deep uh, i'm a um probably one of the southern hemisphere's foremost experts on evangelion yes <laughs> i say something there's not a lot in the southern hemisphere so i, I feel quite safe saying that but <laughs> i have actually studied neon genesis evangelion to quite a degree mm. Uh, I know I know what it is in Japanese. I know what it is in the dubs. I know what it is in, in translation. Mm. I've read a lot of the source material. I know what A canon, B canon, C canon is. Uh, and I think it is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Nerd! If, yeah, basically, yes. Nerd! <laughs> I, I shouldn't speak. I just spoke about Unreal World for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah, for, yeah it, it is <clears throat> a show that is very much worth watching. It, mm. it is a lot of things. I won't explain what Neon Genesis is. It is a Japanese anime. Uh, it, it goes deep in... It's outwardly looking in it looks like it's a mech anime but it is actually very much about the human condition and it is funny it is sad it is tragic mm. uh, it is all of these things and it is a great television show to boot um mm. i actually had one of the worst days i've had in a while before the cat max uh hypecast started you were not in the best frame of mind i needed to get drunk pretty quickly after that actually <laughs> <laughs> i went out to uh, the um the dump now at, at, the, at the dump or the tip uh or the garbage dump they have a, a, the a landfill sh- the landfill they have a <laughs> shop called the green shed mm. i go there and get some equipment and stuff it's basically donations and then they give some of the money to charity and yeah you know like big items and stuff you can you can get some pretty interesting things out that way it can be a bit of a retro gaming gold mine though it, uh, it can be i think most of the games are intercepted before they get to the dump these days or before they're put on the shelves <laughs> but you can get some interesting stuff like i got mm. uh i have like three ps2s i got for like five bucks at the dump damn they sell uh xbox ones for like a dollar Whoa. I haven't even bought one. I don't want an Xbox One. Uh, just, sorry, sorry, not an Xbox, an original Xbox, oh, not dude. an Xbox One. I was about to say, <laughs> sorry, say, like, whoa, really? Yeah, my, I, my I, brain I knew the PS4 goes... was doing well, but damn, <laughs> <laughs> my brain goes to yeah, numbers. Yeah, never mind. Mm. The original Xbox, <laughs> uh, you know, the, and you know, with the Duke controllers. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't have a need for one, and I don't have anywhere to put it. You could use it to like you know I don't know prop the door open or something like that. I right? use my PS2 for that. <laughs> Uh, so I even I even got a lectern there, which I I sanded down, revarnished, mm. and use it to display my oversized Calvin and Hobbes books. Actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got last time I, I was there, I got um, it was difficult to get a park there. Mm-hmm. A little bit annoyed. I actually picked up some. I picked up a VHS of the Canberra Raiders Balmain Tigers nineteen eighty nine Grand Final, which is the greatest Grand Final of rugby league ever. Yes, that's all I'll say about. Perhaps that. the greatest sporting event. 
of world history of all time. It is it is fantastic, with the exception of the Olympic Games, five hundred fifty BC. Yeah, well, <laughs> where this, this trumps it. Where Onokronos beat Dubadobados uh, at, at the Pancration. Okay, I, I really want your DJ name to be Dubadobados. <laughs> DJ Dubadobados in the house. Okay, so on the wheels of steel. Uh, I, I tried to get back. I needed to get back. I went a different way because I needed to go through the shops first, and I was cut off because of roadworks. I had to circle back. Got lost. Finally found the main road. And I basically was right next to the dump where I'd just gone. And I was like already half an hour. And I was like stressing at this point. Because the Cat Max was meant to start, you know, pretty soon. Mm. I needed to get home and set everything up. I hadn't set everything up yet. So, and then I tried to get into um, the shopping center. I finally made it there. I needed to get some supplies. Everywhere was just full. Mm. Couldn't get a park. Mm. I could not find a park anywhere. And then I got this this message and I pulled over into like a drop-off outlet and it said, where are you, dude? We've, we're starting. And I was like going, you... Like he's going, we've had this plan for two, you know, for two <laughs> weeks. Why aren't you here? And I'm like going, you said one o'clock our time mm. and, you know, 6 p.m. their time. Yeah. <laughs> However, in this interlude, something unbeknownst to me happened and yeah. it's called Daylight Savings Started in North America. I didn't know that Canada had Daylight Savings. I had no idea either. You know how <laughs> pissed off I was? He was pissed off. I was pissed <clears> off. <throat> and it was it was just it was just a, a cluster beep <clears throat> and I just I raced home and mm. I was stuck behind the slowest drivers ever. <laughs> like old women and like I'm in no hurry, so why should anyone else be in a hurry? I think forty kilometers an hour here is quite suitable for this eighty kilometer an hour road. <laughs> and then like on the roundabout where you could overtake these people, mm. they drifted into both lanes and it's like, oh just you I thought, you know what? It's okay. You know why? You're old. You're going to die soon. <laughs> That's that. And when you die, I will laugh. You're going to die painfully in a, uh, in a nursing home where the staff steal from you. Yes, exactly. So, so, don't so you suffer. <laughs> old, old person who I was stuck by. I finally got home. I was so, so wretched by this stage. Mm. I was only 20 minutes late. So I made a good effort. Mm-hmm. I basically added one part Red Bull to one part vodka and it was a rather large can of Red Bull and that sustained me over the next five hours now it was wow. four hours but we had rest breaks and stuff like that so it was actually five oh hours overall it was, a, it was a long hype cast and I loved every minute of it we got to the point where we had to stop because mm. we couldn't get everything in. We might actually have to do another one about the rebuild and <laughs> rebuild Evangelion movies. Oh my god! Oh. Uh, I had a good time though. In the end, it turned yeah. out okay. So basically, what I'm what I'm going to say to you right now is, if you complain about the length of this show ever again, <laughs> ever again, yeah, but we're, we're aiming. We're not aiming for the four hour audience here. But I mean, he only he he like I mean, Steve does like one a month of these shows roughly, and yeah, yeah. Um, ours is every. Yeah, so you, every every two weeks you divide four hours up by like you know four weeks in a month, and it works out about right. Well, so. no, I think Steve would, in terms of time, he's probably ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say I, I've listened to some of it, and it's actually pretty entertaining. So do check it out if you're into Evangelion, or if you just want to hear four geeks yeah, look, speaking it, out. It, it's not just. It's not just Evangelion. No, it's, no, no. It's yeah. not just, and we do make it entertaining. And that is the point here. Yeah. It's, it's not just. Uh, do you think Evangelion has a labor crisis? Well, depends what you consider a crisis. Yeah, it's not that. It, no. we, it is funny. It is entertaining. It is informative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is on YouTube as well. Yeah, so Cat Max Gaming. Uh, I have also been doing some work on my arcade. 
Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, I have a meme arcade. Yes. And uh, I finished the marquee, which is the bit up the top that uh, illuminates. Yeah. Now, I wasn't initially sure what to call the arcade. I decided to call it the... Um, I decided in the end to call it the Game Life Balance Mame Machine, basically. Okay. So it says uh, Game Life Balance across the top. Nice. As a brand ambassador, I approve of your... Uh... Yeah. Uh, I, I used a, a background with all a whole bunch of video game characters from a whole bunch of different um, different games. Mm. And I showed you a photo of it yesterday. It looks quite good. It looks really cool. Yeah, well and, done. And uh, I had it professionally printed out and it actually illuminates. Like I put a new light bulb in behind it. So my, my main arcade cabinet is now about 95% done. It's it's in working condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's And I replaced the front panel on the front as well. So it's it's certainly in playable condition. It looks quite nice. And then I got my, my wife to play a couple of games with me yesterday. Test it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played the main two games we played was Twin B. Yeah. Now Twin B is a Konami game. That's uh, a top-down it, shooter, right? It's yeah, it's a vertical shooter, scrolling shooter. Yeah. yeah. Now it's what you would probably call a cute 'em up, a shooter, a cute shoot 'em up. Is this the one with the, with the bells? Yep. Yeah. So you shoot the bells enough, and they change. This is how you get power ups. Yeah. You yeah. got to shoot. Other if if you just get the bells. They will stay, they'll give you points, but if you shoot them a couple of times, they'll give you power-ups. But when you shoot them, they go further off screen, so you've got to actually be up the top to get you gotta them. You've got to kind of juggle the, the bells and then collect them. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. But it's, it's, uh... it's, a, it's a very cute, very anime-esque game. Uh, we did yeah. finish that game. Cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but in the end, uh, it was a little strange. It's a very overbearing because it's a very colourful game. Mm. Uh, like if you think Fantasy Zone is colourful, yeah. this like knocks it out of the water. It's it's confusing. Yeah. Okay. The other game I introduced my wife to was, of course, the SNK Neo Geo Classic Windjammers. <sighs> what a great game! It. Uh, my wife didn't like it at first until she got a hang of the controls because the controls are a little bit more. Difficult than you might think. It's, it requires a fair bit of finesse, actually. Yeah. yeah. After she got it, she started kicking my ass. Oh, no. Lot. So it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I yep. really, we really liked playing Windjammers. Cool. And uh, we also did play like a, a, another game called Blade Master, I think. It, it, hmm. it looked good. I've never heard of it before. It was a, 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 a 2D uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up, mm-hmm. uh, kind of medieval. And then after about the second level, it became so samey, I had to turn it off. It just wasn't as fun as it... As it looked when you start right. playing it, yeah. yeah. Yep. So a bit, a bit unfortunate there. But the other games we played, we had a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun with Windjammers. I want to play that game a bit more. And unfortunately, my main machine is probably the only way I'm ever going to play that because it's an expensive game. Sounds like you're getting a lot of value out of that arcade cabinet. Like, yeah, for uh, two hundred bucks or two hundred and fifty bucks, I restored it, and you know, we we use that. Like yeah, Rob yeah. and I actually use that quite a lot for for. Gaming and for doing research as well. I mean, it's got a buttload of games on it. It comes with thousand and sixty-six. It's like that is like when you divide a thousand by twenty, that comes out to what like five cents a game or something yeah. like that. Like that's, I mean, oh god, they're gonna write it and say the math is wrong, but, but the, that sounds about right. The, the point is that the yeah. um, <clears throat> it, this wasn't uh, made for another kind of game. It is basically a, a ready-made main machine with mm. a CRT monitor in it, and that's what's great about it. Mm. Like you didn't have to gut another poor machine and then slap a MAME emulator in there it mm. is basically what it is 
Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. So uh, mm. yeah, money well spent there, I guess. Yeah, and that's been my life. Now I believe you have shock and horror a quiz for yeah, me. Would wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't would it's like it's not like we do this every week. It's, it's not like every week we have a quiz without fail. <laughs> But uh, yes, I have a quiz for you, which I have lovingly prepared. So why don't we move on to our illustrious, glorious, and uh, beloved quiz segment. The kids say it's radical. Alright, AC, this week I have prepared an old favourite from the first run of Game Life Balance. Okay. So if you're a new listener, you won't have heard this before. But if you've been a fan for a long time, you'll remember this one fondly, I hope. This is a quiz I like to call... Heavy metal band or video game? So basically the premise is uh, there's a striking similarity between the names of video games and the names of heavy metal bands. And I thought, what better way to celebrate our hobby than by combining the two into a hilarious quiz where you have to tell me whether the name I've read out is the name of a heavy metal band or the name of a video game. Sound simple? Okay, I'm I'm totally on board with this. Alright, so let's kick it off. Uh, So you can answer... It's a video game, it's a heavy metal band, or potentially, it's both. So a both? Oh, oh, potentially. This is, this, is, uh, this is adding a new dynamic I to the know, quiz. I know, right? Because actually, the, what I found was that a lot of names of video games are also the names of heavy metal bands. <laughs> of course. Which is really funny. <laughs> all right, but, uh, okay. all right. So it's A, B, or C. Gotcha. Okay. All right, right. Go. So let's go. Question one. Alien Rage. Alien Rage. Is that a video game or a heavy metal band? That is a heavy metal band. No, that's a game. No! 2013, it came out on the PS3, Xbox 360, and of course PC. It's a science fiction first-person shooter. It's so generic. I know, right? Yeah, totally. A lot of games are very generic. Or or bands. Uh, Alright, question number two. Mm -hmm. Battle Axe. Oh, I... Oh! Oh, heavy metal band. Yes, you're right. 1980? From the UK? You have no idea how close because there is a game called Axe Battler for the <laughs> Game Gear. I, I had to get that straight in my head first, which is actually mm. uh, Golden Axe Warrior for the Master System. Oh, wow. There you go. So it's, it's, it's all up here. Wow. It's all in my head. Wow. So you, I'm asking the right guy. This question. Uh, uh, okay, question number three. Gravestone. Oh, come on. Gravestone. Both. No, that's Damn. a heavy metal band. Heavy metal band? All right. From yeah. Germany. 1976. I've gone back to the classics. This is some really old heavy metal bands. Okay, yeah, okay. Like, b- before uh, all the good names were taken. Yeah, I decided to, d- to dig deep in this one. So. Okay. Question four. Battle Frenzy. Battle Frenzy. Oh, Battle... That's got to be a game. Yeah, that's a game. That's a game. It's a 94 FPS. It's actually uh, amusing. 94? I think yeah. I have played that, actually. Came out on the Mega Drive uh, and Sega CD. Yeah, I... Mm. I think I actually have played that at one stage. There you go. So question number five. Jagd Panzer. Jagd Panzer. Is that a... Panzer. So Panther. Uh, I think uh, Panzer means tank in German. Uh, yeah. uh, well, it meant something. It was either Panzer or tank. Panther. I think I don't it means know. Hunting, t- hunting tank, actually, I think. Okay. Um, I reckon that is a heavy metal band. You're right. Uh, from the US, formed in 1981. Okay. Question number six. Overkill. Oh, come on. Oh, that. Oh, both. You're right. Yes, that is yes. both. A 1980 uh, United States heavy metal band and a 1992 PC first person shooter. Oh, just. just I, that, that had to be both. Yes. That, that had to be both. Well spotted. You knew that was definitely both. I, I, I'm liking this. All right, question number seven. Zoetrope. Zoetrope. 
Uh, heavy metal bands? Yes. 76 Ooh. in the US. Ooh. Overdrive. I like that name. That's, that's a really that, early that, 76. Yeah, that has yeah. Like kind of a more of a ring to it than a lot of other ones do. Mm. It, it sounded like a game to me as well. It's like, you know, that sounds like it could be like. Perhaps... Oh, yeah. Like, I, I could have been totally wrong there and I, w- I wouldn't have disputed it. I'm going to say like an early CD ROM era shooter or something like that, you know, in Zoetrope. Uh, all right. Question number eight The Darkness. The Darkness. How, how many both? Are there in this quiz? <laughs> I'm not saying. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on! Ah, uh, it... the darkness. Both. No, it's a game. Game. I actually uh. double checked these as well to make sure that they weren't both. So, um, but feel free to write in if you're if you're a big heavy metal gear a heavy metal fan and uh, <laughs> metal gear heavy metal. If you're a heavy metal gear fan, don't then... write in. We don't want to know. <laughs> heavy metal gear. That's a weird thing. All right. <laughs> that's got to that's got to be the name of a band somewhere. <laughs> it better be. All right. Number nine. Storm Witch. Storm Witch game. No band. Oh no. Seventy nine. Oh no. Storm Witch just, just has such a like a a mid nineties FPS sort of generic yeah, really genericism does. about it. No. Nope. All right. So that either we either we tie here or I win. All right. Question number ten. I wonder whether you'll get this or not. Okay. Dark Siders. Dark Siders. Both. No, oh, it's a game. Oh. It's a 2013 game. It came out on the PS3, Xbox 360, oh. PC. It's an action role-playing game, which apparently is kind of similar to Zelda. I don't know. It just, it just like Darksiders sounds like the kind of game, uh, mm. the kind of heavy metal band. Mm. Like the chances are that's a game. It just sounds like such a gamey game game name. Mm. But like. I could just like the Darksiders could be a band that all dress up as like Sith Lords yes, or something. Yes, I was going like, to say it sounds they're like all a... dressed up as Darth Vader and Darth Maul <laughs> and Darth it's... Sidious or whatever the hell that guy's name was. It sounds like one of those like costume metal bands. Yeah, Cosmetal. Uh, co- yeah. So yeah, well, We're five all. Wow, we drew. Uh, that's, oh. not, that's not the worst result I've ever had, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the draw. I just I'll take that. I really enjoyed the heavy metal band or video game quizzes. They're a lot of fun. They so. they sound like like putting that together would be. Yeah. Just, just so much fun. It's it's a weird thing how similar they are. But uh, yeah, look, we would wrap it up at this point. But we listened to the Game Life Balance US podcast for once in our life. and uh, last <laughs> We listen to it every, religion. every time. We are your biggest fans. I actually oh. said on Twitter today that it I, it's become my Saturday morning cartoons. Like, I'll get up on Saturday. <laughs> and Because we, we actually, for work purposes, for mm. like doing our podcast, we need to listen to their shows. Because they do, for every show we do, they do two shows. Yeah. Because they're weekly, we're uh, fortnightly. Mm-hmm. So we actually have to listen to their shows before we do our podcast. Mm. To make sure we're up to date on everything. Yeah, yeah. So we actually, um, like, I think last week someone yeah, it was posed the sec- a question. The second last episode yeah. of, of uh, Game Life Balance US. Uh, someone uh, in the chat asked uh, whether there was a problem with censorship. In video games in Australia, so they mentioned us, and someone in yeah. the chat said, "Oh, isn't that isn't Australia doesn't have Australia have really weird censorship laws?" And the yeah. answer is kind of. Yeah, you know what? It used to be really bad out here. Um, they didn't have a proper rating system, so anything kind of yeah harder than uh, for mature audiences mm. might not get a release. Yeah, MA was the uh, was the highest rating a video game could have out here, and if and if the content was considered to be. Uh, beyond an MA rating, like an R rating, it was it was banned. It was outright banned, and we just couldn't play it. They recently, thanks to some lobbying um, by various groups, 
introduced uh, an R rating for video games in Australia, so which has been great. Heavy violence and yep. sex scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. However, and yes. so that has been good. Most they, games have come out here now, yeah. but. But. Some games have not, mm. and because it goes beyond the R rating, I think yeah. uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the original Mortal Kombat reboot, which I think was just called Mortal Kombat, mm. um, came out a few years ago now, with the uh, the X ray uh, moves where you see people's bones getting shattered and vital organs being exploded and stuff. For some reason, they decided that game was not suitable for Australians, and they banned that. And there outright. was one last year, like kind of an indie game, Hotline Miami Two. Yeah, it? Hotline Miami Two was banned because of because of some sexual assault. Yeah, themes. yeah, yeah. And, and I think they ended up taking that out and okay. releasing. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the originally the guy said, "Well, Australians should just pirate the game." Yes. And if there's one thing <laughs> Australians do well, it's pirate things. Yeah, because <laughs> we are not good people. Because we're basically pirates. We're... We are descendant from a bunch of convicts yeah. from the UK. So yeah. yeah, if you tell us to pirate, we'll go, already done. I had to say that was hilarious to hear that guy say that. And um, yeah, so the yeah the the uh, the piracy issue, the um the censorship issue has largely been dealt with. Dealt with, but there's still some lingering concerns because we are for better or worse a very conservative country with we like to think we like to project this image of being fun, happy-go-lucky surfers where everything's cool and g'day, mate, and chuck a on the barbie. We and we are, but the government isn't. Yeah, it, like we refer we're to not it just as the a... current government, but the previous government. You know, it doesn't mm. matter whether it's and and our governments are very centre. Like there's left, there's left centre, there's right centre. We don't have far right wing. We don't have far left wing for the no, most part. For the most part, yeah. Um, it's just there is a censorship issue here and. It's almost as if they're saying Australians aren't mature enough to handle all of this. And mm. for the most part, we are. But to be fair, sometimes we're, you know, there are certain sections of the of the of society where it might not be. It's actually really interesting because we don't have much of a Christian lobby out in Australia. There is there is a Christian lobby, but they're pretty much irrelevant and no one pays any attention. Yeah, to they're it. like hard right wing guys. Yeah, who like, you know, only support hard right wing people. And we laugh at them and make jokes. of Yeah, them. which is we, funny. We have a gay and lesbian Mardi Gras. And every time mm. like this, this damn uh, like priest goes in and does a sit in in his church and going, I'm not having any part of this. And everyone makes fun of him. Yeah. I mean, the irony is that America has a much stronger Christian lobby than us. Yeah. But I think because of the real emphasis on freedom of speech, etc., in America, which I'm I actually think is really great, mm. um, it never seems to stop people from releasing video games or movies, whatever that have adult content. Whereas out here, we're pretty much a bunch of godless godless atheists. That's me. <laughs> but, that is me to a T. But we're more conservative. We're more worried about in some ways, in, in yeah, not in other ways. Like we, yeah. were, you know, it's okay to swear. It is okay to talk about uh, sex and violence on TV. We have yeah. this channel called SBS. <laughs> if you, you want to see hardcore sex scenes, just flip that on. It'll be in another language, but hey, it's it's all on there. ABC too, like the National Broadcaster Second Channel. <laughs> you want sex? Just go there on a Thursday night. Oh gosh, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, we do actually allow more on TV than Americans do on free to wear TV. Yeah, but we're really conservative when it comes to games. So I don't know. I mean, it's it could be worse. There was this time a few years back where um. We actually had banned more video games than Saudi Arabia, which is not a great claim to fame, but uh, things have gotten a bit better since You've got to remember and, uh, that we get these games anyway. Yeah. Like, it, you know, we, we import them because they, they're not going to check the ratings on, yeah. on import games and stuff like that. They're more worried about drugs and fruit flies. Yeah. But hook or by crook, we will get our hands on the 
Hooker by Crook is probably the, the best way of describing how Australians get their hardcore games. So, yeah. There right, you go. I, I guess that's it. Rob, would you like to read the copy? I will read said copy. Uh, so, we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia. You probably haven't, but if you have, then good on you. <laughs> uh, Game Life Balance Australia is the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can visit us on the web at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com where you'll find links to our podcast feeds, video content, blog posts, and links to our sister show in the US. You can follow us on Twitter if you're so inclined. I'm at Reboarded. AC is at ProdTally. And our official Twitter feed is at GLB Australia. Uh, so Rob is in charge of that one. He won't give me the password because yes. he's afraid I'm going to do famous. I am the secret <laughs> mastermind behind the at GLB Australia <laughs> Twitter feed, followed by a grand total of 19 people. So for God's sake, if you're listening to this, go and follow it just out of pity. Just, 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 pity, just pity me for look, a moment. Look, trust me, if, if I was on this, we wouldn't, we wouldn't need pity followers. We, we'd just get a whole bunch of hate followers. Yeah. Because I would just like, you know, be pro-child <laughs> labor. If you, um, if you like self-deprecating tweets and gifts of cats, then follow at GLB Australia. I hate that account. Um, uh, if you enjoy our show, and why would you? But if you do, then God bless you. Uh, please give us a good rating on iTunes if you like, or um, recommend us on, uh, what the heck is that thing called? Um, Overcast, something like uh, that. Yeah, Overcast. Yes, yeah, Overcast th- is something that a lot of people who use who have iTunes will use because it's a lot better than iTunes. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Although I never used it, but whatever. <laughs> yes, Overcast. If you or any other third-party weird podcasting app that you might use, then give us a five-star rating or give us a thumbs up or a like or a love or. A... Yeah, look, we're gonna we're gonna continue, and we should say this: we are gonna continue doing this podcast regardless as to how many people follow or like us or anything. <laughs> yes, it's better if people do do that. You cannot. Stop Stop us from doing this. Yeah, we will keep doing this. <laughs> and in fact, even if no one listened to this, if I looked at the stats and there were zero downloads, I would tell AC that people were downloading. You've got to remember it. that we used to basically <laughs> do this just without a microphone. <laughs> this is just pretty much what our life is like outside of this nonsense. But um, right. well, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks a bunch, a bunch. That's so sarcastic. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening, I guess. Losers. <laughs>